In Dick of the Week, we talk about dirty stuff and use dirty language. We rated M for mature. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> dick of the Week. Dick, dick of the Week. Dick, 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 dick of the Week. 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 Dick, 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 dick of the Week. Give me that D, yo. Hello, dear Hi. listeners. Guess what? It's not just me. Stephanie's here, too. I did it. I'm back. <laughs> we are remote recording for the first time ever with each other, so this is going to be a learning experience for everybody. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> I, I feel really weird. Liz and I have been talking about how awkward it is to talk via the internet and how it's so much different than speaking face to face yeah and that's not that's not why i i'm pregnant again which is why i haven't been on it. i'm like yeah i'm like uh i think i'm 15 weeks this week oh really so i'm tracking along yeah i found out like i was like four weeks pregnant so it wasn't yeah like, so like I, last I, time. I feel like I, I mean, i've known forever yes <laughs> yeah so I have no sense of time anymore <laughs> yeah so I'm I'm 15 weeks on Wednesday so oh my god you're in your second trimester uh-huh oh so, my god yeah so it's like really it's a good time as you guys know I'm really good at being pregnant <laughs> just kidding I'm not uh but I definitely had to take a little a little break because I was I fall asleep at random times cannot make plans <laughs> kind of embarrassing <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so now I'm, I'm on medication and can do stuff, but it was definitely a surprising, like, oh, all of a sudden I feel the worst. So, yeah, but now we're back in business and trying to do this, even though it's, it's like I've said, it's, this is hard for me to not be face to face with people. It's like way more energy consuming than, you know, yeah. not doing this. Like it's. <laughs> It feels like I'm, I, we were, we did a, we were supposed to play D&D last night, but I got canceled. So we ended up like just chatting with our friends and I swear I was so sweaty when it was over, like from talking via Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it was really embarrassing. I had to change my shirt. It was gross. Oh my God. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yep. Well, so that's I, okay. I am definitely excited for the day we finally get to be face to face again. Yeah, that'll be really nice. That be. <laughs> yeah, I I mean Jordan and I um in fact we've we have an Instacart subscription which we weren't using because you pay a tip and the tip is like I mean you we tip well anyway, but there's like a built in tip and if you don't pay attention you can tip and we wanted to tip a lot. So like today for instance, like there was like a fifty dollar tip on our groceries, you know, because like Holy we did our, our well we did like a week and a half worth of grocery shopping. Or they did rather. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but again, that costs you money. So there's like a trade-off, but Sabrina's in toddler mode. So it's like, we really can't, we can't spare an adult oh. right now, especially when I'm at like 50%. So, right, totally. so Jordan, we, we did that. And so he didn't have to go to the grocery store because honestly, that's the only time we leave is uh he goes to the grocery store like every week, every two weeks. And then I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, but I haven't left the house in six weeks, like less it beyond going going out in the yard so wow so yeah yeah yeah. other than going to my in-laws every like week to two weeks for dinner um because they don't they're retired they don't do anything either um 
I went to my first grocery store since early March on Saturday, and it was, you know, picking Memorial Day weekend to be your first grocery trip. That's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it was very overwhelming. We went to Seafood City, which is a new city, um, Mm -hmm. and it's like a Asian slash Mexican market, and because we, we were doing hot pot uh, with Jeremy's parents and his brothers that night. So we had to pick up some ingredients that we can't get at the store down the road from us. And most of it was fine. Like navigating the store was fine. Like it took a little bit of getting used to, but we were in line to check out for like, no joke, at least 45 minutes. That's wild. If, if not longer. And I like at that point, I my mask was feeling so claustrophobic and I was just like, Oh God, I'm getting hot and I'm hungry. And I just, I really just felt, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so I am certain I will probably let Jeremy do the rest of the shopping, the rest of working from home and all that. Cause I'm just like, Nope, I hated this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't. Yeah. I haven't gone. I haven't gone since, I think, I think the last time I went was at the very beginning of quarantine, like very, very, very beginning. So yeah. it's been a hot minute since I have gone to a grocery store. Cause I was like, I, I went and then it, we, there wasn't any kind of just like, no one could say if like uh, pregnant women were at higher risk or not. Oh yeah. And so it was like, well, there's no point in risking it. We have an adult that's healthy, but it's, really I feel really bad like Jordan has like taken on everything yeah like everything because like I just can't do things so yeah it's it's been sucky and like you know how bad I am at like not being able to do things so (laughs) there's like that layer of me that's like in my brain is like beating myself up for not I can't get the laundry put away because I'm like having um you know I'm so sick or I'm falling asleep and which is like clearly not my fault but because I am an insane person I can't like I can't think that through so sure uh it's been it's it's been really stressful but that part's been stressful but that's like the pregnancy part like I was stressed out last pregnancy with the same like well last pregnancy you were traveling too on top of it yeah I was still traveling for work at that point so and I don't have any like health risk issues or anything. It's, it's Jeremy's been doing the shopping just because I have to be logged into work at 8 a.m. in the morning and Jeremy has more flexibility with that. And so it's just easier for him to go around eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, when the crowds are a little bit less, there's more items available and just to get it done. Sure. And then get logged into work whenever he gets logged into work because he has a bit more flexibility with that so it's just worked out that way but before this I did all the grocery shopping so that's been a really odd thing for me to not yeah it's been really Mm -hmm. weird for me but I'm still doing most of the meal planning he helps um and but I'll do most of the meal planning and like actually plan out a full week plus worth of meals and then write out the ingredients we need to purchase which you know, if I'm going to take away anything from all of this, I think I'm going to continue trying to do that because it's kind of nice not having to grocery shop three times a week. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's the one discovery is like, oh, we've been shopping poorly. 
I mean, I guess we knew that, but it was like also just we didn't do anything about it. You oh, know? totally. So, so now it's it's kind of nice to like have that that oh we need to be more mindful of that probably. So yeah. that's good, I guess. But it's we'll see if that we'll see how long it keeps. <laughs> right. Well, especially once like once you guys have evening uh, activities again, the same way that like once we have evenings activities yeah. again, it will be interesting to see how that affects everything. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that's like I mean that's a lot of it. Yeah. Once once we're once we get back to me being out of the house two nights a week or whatever well then now there's gonna definitely have to be a, a switch and I'm gonna have to figure out I'm gonna have to figure out like what can I continue doing while having two kids so exactly that's another fun thing that I get to figure out in like six months because that's coming up yeah which is wild oh my god fast I can't even think about that yet <laughs> it's, a, it's quickly approaching which is do you guys plan well. to have Sabrina's room before? I mean, I know baby will be in your room in the bassinet for a little while, but mm-hmm. do you then, do you plan to both be in the nursery once the baby's? I don't think so because Sabrina is such a good sleeper. I guess it really depends on if this kid's also a good sleeper. Because mm-hmm. if it is, then sure, but Sabrina's such a good sleeper. I don't want to put another kid in the room that will like upset that. Like she sleeps eight to eight. Wow. Sometimes she sleeps eight to nine, so I'm not gonna mess with perfection. No, definitely um, not. But there's like a part of me that's like, once they're both above, like once they're both toddler to four, then maybe putting them both in the same room and then having the other room be a playroom. Um, but right now we're gonna turn the other room into a bedroom and see how it goes. Okay. And see if we're gonna switch back. I don't know yet though, because uh, her room's so big that it could easily have two kids in it. Right, exactly. So I would—I mean, I shared a room with my brother for until I was probably eight or nine, and then we both got our separate rooms. Uh, and I had no problem with that. So you don't have the sex of the baby yet, do you? We do not. Okay. Do not. Won't know for another two months. Uh, it's like twenty weeks. It's like twenty weeks when you can go yeah. and get it done. So it'll be a minute. It'll be a minute. Yeah. But. Yeah, so there's just like a lot of that kind of stuff that we're trying to like figure out. That makes. But then sense. yeah, but like 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 you said, that won't happen until you know the baby's out of our room. So that's another add five months to its birth. <laughs> so, yeah. So at least you have a little bit of time of figuring it out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not like that's like the one thing I'm super unconcerned <laughs> about <laughs> that. So that's nice, but. Yeah, that's a, but now thinking about, like, what do we need now versus what we needed the first time is, like, such a smaller list, so. Mm, that's good. My mom's like, make a registry again. I'm like, I don't want to. Okay. And so we'll see what we get for a second time. It just feels weird having, for, I already felt weird about the first baby shower. I feel weird about the second one. It's like, really, no one asked us to procreate, so. But my mom's like, you have to do it, so. She'll probably buy well, us the other car seat we need, so that's fine. I'm not, like, I'm not gonna begrudge a two hundred and fifty dollars car seat, you know, for free. Right. Well, I know I know a lot of people, if they do anything for the second one, like official anything for the second one, it's more like a sprinkle instead of a shower. Right. Um I think we'll but, have like a barbecue if this thing ever left up. Right. <laughs> 
And it's one of those things like, hey, if you want to bring us presents, cool, but you don't need to if you don't want to. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really looking forward to. I, this sounds terrible, but I'm like, I'm glad. This sounds awful, but I'm glad that uh, there's a quarantine and like there's weird health stuff because we might get out of this without having to do anything. And that's that could not. That's quintessential Stephanie right there. Is like, that's my silver lining. Is like, oh, I don't have to have a party. Cool. Oh my god. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, I'm over it. here dying that I can't host anything. <laughs> like I just want to have a party. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like, I like, I really enjoyed my party. Bonnie and my mother-in-law did a mad, like just a magnificent job. We never got the thank you cards out because I'm a piece of trash. I want to send out. I'm gonna send out. Well, the plan was to send out like on her birthday, like a, hey, we never sent you a thank you card, but here's some cute pictures of Sabrina. And we didn't do that. And now there's like really no excuse that we haven't done it. And so now it's like, do we just, do we just not tell them we're having a second kid? And that's, that's the thank you card is like, you don't have to ever buy us another gift again. I don't know. I don't know. That's really funny. It's just, it's, we've got so much, like the thing is like, so we don't need any clothes. Cause like we've got, we've got so much from Sabrina and we've got so much hand-me-downs from uh, Brittany's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got like we've got gender neutral, we've got boy, we've got girl, we've got everything we need, uh, and then we've got we've got toys, obviously, and books, and so it's like really it's like we need like big ticket items like crib and all that stuff again. So, oh, but just like for thinking, <laughs> they're like thinking about it is like making my head hurt, and like yeah. like for Sabrina's room, we did that like kind of merely, uh, starry night thing and so we obviously want to do the same thing for the other room because that would be kind of shitty of us to like oh yeah i know we paid good money for your sister to have like a beautiful uh wall we did not do that for you uh, so. <laughs> that would be the most second child thing to ever happen i know i know i'm not gonna do that to my kid uh but you know the funny thing about sabrina's room is we didn't fill two holes on her wall and the two holes are in the center of the moon so it's like <laughs> Every time I go in a room, I see it, and I'm, like, so mad at myself for not having filled the holes before the painter came in. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So, in my brain, I'm, like, don't do that in the next room, Stephanie. Fill all the holes. Uh, <laughs> but I think <laughs> I've got a couple ideas for the other room. So, that's going to be fine. But, like I said, all that can happen after the kid's born. Because we got Sabrina's room painted before she was born, and then they just sat there for five months. So, right. I'm not going to stress myself out about it again. There's yeah. no reason. No, no, there's but, not. Well, and it's not like you want a stranger coming to your house to paint your wall right now. Oh anyway. yeah. Well, the the so Carrie Slummy did our did Sabrina's room, and she's one of our improv friends. Oh. Okay. Um, and like yeah, so we probably like used someone local, like one of our close friends. Uh, but yeah, I just, I mean I'm not even in a hurry. I like this sounds terrible, but it's like this pregnancy is happening and I guess the last time I kind of did the same thing where I was like well it's happening and I didn't really think about it until like month five or six so kind of like trucking through that the same way that makes sense like I do everything else (laughs) well have you been reading anything during your time off while sick all of it I've been reading everything because I can't write anything because my brain doesn't work anymore I think I've written maybe 6,000 words in like the last three months almost four months it's very sad uh let me it's been like a mess for real uh I got okay so the this silly thing I read I read okay so I read this whole series uh by oh where is it crap 
I think I took it out. Oh, wait. Did I take it out of the... I was on one. And it was kind of boring me, so I stopped reading it. But now I'm thinking I might have... I think I took it out. Uh, it's by that Pepper Piper Sullivan, I think. Uh, basically, the the town has, like, the statue of the founder who was this woman. It's like... I forget what the woman's name was. It's like a pop poppy or something. I don't know. But she's like... she she fled from an arranged marriage or a bad marriage to this town, fell in love with this rancher, and the rest is history, right? So, oh, it's Tulip. It's the Tulip series. So each book is about one of the bachelors of the town who all the old lady matchmakers are trying to get set up. And every book is them shooting their month of the calendar and also meeting their future love. The first one is like, so the first one is, uh, I think the first one was, she is new to the town and she goes on like a camping trip with the Girl Scouts or the Girl Scout analogous. And she ends up saving this little girl and then they get saved by like a rescue, a search and rescue group. Right. Okay. And she hates, she hates this guy because he's like kind of an asshole when she meets him. But he like falls for her immediately, obviously. And he's like the golden boy. He's the second son of the, like, the founding family. So that's that. And so there's 12 of them. There's 12 of them. Liz and I have read seven of twelve. Are these on? It's unlimited. Can unlimited. Okay. Pi- okay. Pi- Pi- it's Piper Sullivan, and it's Small Town Protectors. But the pro- so when you go to her Am- go to her Amazon page because she has the reading order down for you. Okay. Um, because the way that the books are grouped is really weird and kind of messy, and I think that's an Amazon issue. I don't think it's a her issue. Uh, but she does have the books listed book one because not all the books are like like if you click on one like if you go to book one it'll give you one through six but it doesn't give you seven through twelve okay so but I've read seven of them and they're just kind of delightful there's some like some of them have twists the one I got stuck on was the doctor's orders and it wasn't that I was like it wasn't that it was bad it was just after reading the same author for seven books in a row oh yeah I can't do that I mean I've done that it feels before. predictable well, yeah, and like I've done that before. Um, oh, the only real person I've done that for has been Christy Caldwell, uh, who's a historical romance writer, and she mm-hmm. has a series that has like twelve books or whatever. And when I initially found it, I read like at least seven or eight in a row, and after a while, you're like, okay, I need someone else's voice in my head. <laughs> yeah. I can't like even though if you can make the characters different enough, like I need to switch this up a little bit. Um, and then Tegan Hunter, I wasn't reading it, but this is just a FYI. Her whole texting series is 99 cents on Amazon. So I bought the entire series for 99 cents, which I've I already read. Too. I already read them, but I'm like, why not? Right. Uh, I, those, read those on, are... I read them on Kindle Unlimited and I own them in paperback. And I'm like, Shh, I might as well own them in ebook, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then I, okay, so this is the silly book that I got for free because of the quarantine. It was called whoa i married a mountain man what uh because <laughs> the cover was really silly and it was like a big beautiful woman book or whatever and so i was reading it and i got like, like the 60 or 70th percent mark because it's a novella it's not long uh and it, it it's just wild it was just a wild book and so there's a second book in the series that's in it's all in the unlimited as well but i got it for like free um and the second book is her best friend it's so I got drunk at a wedding, and surprise got married. Uh, <laughs> what? Plot. And he's a mountain man. I don't know. It's just it's there's it's 
there's no conflict truly like there is maybe four pages of conflict it was wild yeah it was wild but so those those are my two big ones and then I just kind of been putzing around with like uh because there's just so many deals going around like buying like eight books for 99 cents and so I've got a couple like like that that I'm gonna read that looks kind of like trash so I'll let you know but (laughs) but like I'm trying I want to try to read in a reverse harem that's my goal so I'm like looking oh yeah let me know because that's such a popular trope and um genre within indie publishing but I've never actually read one because like it doesn't really like I can't imagine all of those characters being important enough for me to care about right and just be like, okay, can you please just focus on this one that she obviously has the best connection with? So I'll yeah. be really interested to see if you have any good suggestions with that. Yeah. And then there was, Tegan also had a slice of book come out that I had not finished. I bought it, but or I haven't it, read it, it yet. Or is it the novella that came? I haven't read the novella yeah. either. I haven't read the novella, and she's got a new one coming out in June, July? Yes, June, early June. Yeah, so... I've read the novella yet. It's in my it's in my thing. I bought I bought that one because uh, I think she also had a deal on that too. So I was like, why not? But yeah, so I just got a bunch of books that I got for deals for like I think I maybe spend ten dollars and have like twenty five books to read now. I've been trying, I've been trying to read more books that I already own because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, imagine doing that. Um, and so I just finished reading No Judgments by Meg Cabot. It was her newest book that she had out. Um, It's part of the Little Bridge Island series, which is the first full book from that series. And it was really interesting to read right now because it's about um, a little island off like the Key West area of Florida and um, a hurricane is coming and she's new to the island and just like her staying Instead of uh, leaving and eva- evacuating, she stays and um, ends up falling in love with a guy mm-hmm. who also stays. But it was so interesting reading about people like preparing for something while <laughs> stuck at home, you know, and always like trying to prepare for everything that's going on with us right now. <laughs> so I'm just like, this is an interesting choice for me to pick. At the- like, I know like a natural disaster is very different than a virus. Mm-hmm. pandemic but it was still just like oh something that's out of your hands and how you react to it so it was interesting reading that but I liked it it's not my favorite make habit book that I've read but I did enjoy it and I had you know I wasn't upset by it or anything so that's good, that's um, good. and then I haven't been doing as many audiobooks right now because normally I would be listening to audiobooks on my drive to and from work and then listening to an audiobook while I'm working at the office but since I'm working Mm -hmm. from home I've been watching more tv while I'm working uh like on my laptop um which I can listen to an audiobook on my computer but my cell phone is my work phone right now and so Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just weird so I've been watching yeah. more TV and listening to books less, but I just finished uh, a YA romance called Maybe This Time by Casey West, and it was very cute. Um, it's about a, a, a girl in a small town who has dreams of being a fashion designer and going to New York City and leaving everything behind, and um, 
she works at a flower shop and so she works a bunch of like special events in the small town and her best friend her dad has a a catering company and so Mm -hmm. um but he wants to improve his company and grow it and so there's like this celebrity chef guy who does a mentor program like one place per year and so Mm -hmm. he and his son move into this small town and they're from new york city and you know he's traveled all over because of his dad and they hate each other initially obviously and then and then the hate turns into not hate (laughs) right uh and it was cute um it ended in a way that i'm like oh okay because just like he's moving away and they're together and they're like it's like we're together it was very much a happy ever after for now which i guess is a lot of ya books yeah like yeah they're trying to make them more realistic which makes sense like they're 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 in a good spot right now and you hope that they'll be together later but who knows Mm -hmm. um but that was cute and then i'm in the middle slash nearly done with Well Met, which is a book that I know a lot of people have read by Jen DeLuca. And it's really cool because it takes place during a Renaissance fair. Um, she ends up, she moves to this small town to be with her sister and niece to help them after an accident that they were in. And she ends up having to volunteer to be a cast member of the Renaissance fair because her niece really wants to be in it. And kids under a certain age have to have an adult there as well and she ends up uh well butting heads with the guy who runs it like the entire time but of course then that turns into them loving each other so i'm at the point where they're finally actually loving each other which is fun because it's a lot of the book is them hating each other and and so it's nice to finally be in the oh they're making out and like each other now situation but it was really it's been really interesting because when you're at the renaissance fair you're playing a character and you have to stay in that character the whole time and Mm. early on their characters ended up being a thing and so he would flirt with her and like be all sexy and everything to her as his pirate character but then like when he wasn't in the character role it was very like I want nothing to do with you kind of feeling. So she's like, I don't, I don't know. It's real. I don't like, he's making me feel things, but is that just my character? Is this real life? Like what the fuck is happening? And now they're at the point where they're actually banging each other in real life. So good. (laughs) figuring that out. So I'll have that done probably in the next day or so. Um, Nice. Yeah. Then I'll pick another book from my shelf that, you know i've owned for a long time and haven't read yet <laughs> that's that's really where i should be spending my time but so i'm gonna read some terrible shifter book probably so there you go hey that sounds well, yeah. brand yeah exactly well before we jump into our topic which we haven't announced yet should we take a little commercial break sounds good Okay. 1,026 years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of fear, a time of gargoyles. Uh, uh, Liz, what are you doing? Oh, 
Hey there, Daniel. Uh, I didn't see you. Um, I'm just watching Gargoyles. The mid-90s Disney cartoon? Yeah. And do you always yell along with Goliath? Do you not? Fair point. So, did you maybe want to watch with me? Oh, and then make a podcast about it? Hells yeah! Yes, I'm so into it! We are Defenders of the Night! The most trusted source for top-to-bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid-90s animated program, Gargoyles! Find us at CalamityCast.com or your favorite podcatcher. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back! Nice. I'm assuming the commercial we just played is for Defenders of the Night, which is my new podcast. Yes. So good. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. It's been really fun rewatching Gargoyles and reliving that whole experience from my childhood. <laughs> it's such it's such a gift that streaming services are giving us, you know? Uh, yeah, totally. There's talk of either doing um, like a sequel or like a reboot or whatever, or potentially like a live action kind of gargoyle. Mm. And the the actor who plays Goliath is like, if anything happens, I'm all in. Goliath has been like my favorite character I've played like in my acting career. And I would love to bring him back. So we'll see if anything happens. Yeah. So... Today's topic is a topic we've been wanting to do for months now. Since March. Since March, because Stephanie and I, literally right before lockdown happened. Yeah, went it was like the saw, week before. <laughs> yeah, went and saw uh, in a live podcast show, Chuck Tingle in his podcast, My Friend Chuck, which was so awesome. It was like, it was exactly what we needed. I forget what happened that week. Uh, that might have been when Warren dropped out of the race or I don't know, but we were in turmoil internally. Uh, yeah. Yes. There was, there was a lot of political drama going on. It was like, it was basically progressives cannibalizing each other. Um, yes. uh, and not to get too political on a romance podcast, but just, you know, like Liz and I share very similar uh, political leanings. So it was hard because we had a lot of friends coming at us in their own disappointment, you know, not realizing that we were probably also disappointed or going to be disappointed as well. So it was hard. It was hard. Uh, So we, we needed it. So we went to dinner, we vented, bonded, and then we went to this beautiful thing. Also at that time I was pregnant and had not, I did not know yet. Right. And had left my ID at home so I could not get a drink. Which was just really just fate interacting there and being like, 100%. no, you cannot drink. <laughs> because, well, the funny thing is, it's like, so that was the day my period was supposed to have started. So I was late and I was like, well, my period's been wonky since I had Sabrina. So whatever. And wasn't really too concerned about it. Yeah. I was like, I'll start tomorrow probably. And then I took like, the, I think I took the test then that next day and I was pregnant. So <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Uh, but Yeah. It was so good. And the, so the best part is, it's this, how the, how the podcast started was this woman, she has her own podcast. And I don't remember what it was called, because it's been a million years. Hold on, let me go to my friend Chuck, because that's the name of that podcast. It's by Mackenzie Goodwin. Yes. So she has her own podcast. And so she wanted to interview Chuck for that. And so she did, and she, you know, she met him as much as you meet Chuck Tingle. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the man comes out in a burlap sack. 
Uh, you know what, listeners, t- pause the podcast for a second or get on your phone while you're listening to it and, ch- and look up Chuck Tingle on Twitter because his picture shows you exactly what he looks like. And it looks like this when he gets on stage. Which so, honestly was a little unnerving initially, but then you like completely forget about it. Yes. Which I did not expect myself to forget about because it was, it was, it, it took a minute and he talks funny too. I'm assuming yeah. to hide his, you know, who he is. Well, uh, and and uh, I, her initial podcast, I think was two dykes and a mic. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So he, he like speaks with this like stilted accent and like, you know, he actually he speaks very much the way he types. Like if you if you read any of his posts yes. on Facebook or Instagram, that is how he speaks also. Yep. And I would even like take a minute, maybe even go click on one of the podcasts and just like hear like a br- a brief snippet of him speaking. It takes a minute to understand him. Like it took me probably like five or six minutes of him talking before I like really understood what the hell he was saying. Yeah, uh, especially um during the podcast, they did a thing where Chuck explained or described movies and she and Mackenzie had to guess what movie he's talking about. Yeah. And he explains them in a very Chuck manner and he gets very manic about it. And the way he's talking is very fast. And, and I, like, I feel like I caught like maybe half of what he was actually saying during those things. (laughs) It was, it was also very obvious. Like I had listened to uh, a little bit of, of uh, Chuck and, um, like I, I I knew I was familiar with how he sounded, but we were clearly the most uh unexper- inexperienced people in the audience. Like, uh, if you looked around, everyone else was they're also okay. So this is set up for maybe I think maybe like fifty seats. Would you say or like yeah, maybe seventy five tops. Yeah, was not at capacity. No, no, <laughs> was no, like was not. not even close to at capacity. Um and. So like, but we're the only ones sitting there like, oh, this is bizarre, and like, <laughs> still enjoying it, but definitely had like the moment of like, this is very odd. Um, yeah. So that's that's going into it. Uh, but he's so positive, and so we had had like such a shitty like week, and then that day particularly was really bad for both of us. So yeah, it was nice. It was nice to go to that and just have like a, an hour of just pure positivity honestly yeah because so chuck i mean for those of you who don't know who he is at all um most people have heard his name at some point but he writes short erotica pieces and um he his whole thing is he wants to prove love is real and he's just you would think because like um for example some of his books titles are let me get Space Raptor Butt Invasion, Seduced by Dr. Bigfoot, Attorney at Large, uh, Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt, Um, let's see, Shared by the Chocolate Milk Cowboys, The Curse of Bigfoot Butt Camp. Like, these names are so fucking ridiculous, and then you're, so you're like, what, okay, and then you hear him talk, and you're just like, you're just pure goodness. Yep, yep, all of happy. He's so positive and just wants people, you know, he just wants people to love the way that they want to love and whatever Mm -hmm. way they want to love is a good way to love. And it was just, 
it was not anything I expected and it was just so beautiful, (laughs) which sounds so dorky to say, but like we both left there being like, wow. (laughs) Well, like, and then just the way he talked about writing and stuff was so just great. Yeah. I mean, he was, so, you know, we've discussed the RWA stuff, which feels like a million years ago, uh, but that was still semi-fresh at that point and it was addressed and the way he talked about like how he handles writing experiences he's not familiar with was so beautiful and nice like just talking about like how he tries to uplift voices that are uh marginalized not talk over them and like I just everything he said was just so spot on and exactly what I feel like I needed to hear yes uh and he was like just talking about like how he writes because he enjoys it and you shouldn't write things that you don't enjoy yes and I was just like oh my god uh, duh. but like it was so good it to hear very it much just felt like the things both of us needed to hear at that moment exactly exactly so it it was great um but yeah the show is really interesting the way it was set up it started with them doing uh they they did the chuck making her guess a movie based on his wonky ass explanation of it i wish i could remember some of them they were so crazy uh, one of them was uh, a never been kissed, yes. and he talked about time travel. It was so silly. Uh, but someone <laughs> guessed everyone. They guessed every single movie. So yeah, even if if even if Mackenzie couldn't figure it out, someone in the audience did. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> it just was so many. Oh, okay. So then after that, then they would read an excerpt of a book. Oh, yeah. Mackenzie read excerpts from various stories of his. Yes. And that was pretty. Which we could probably read a little bit from one of his books. Yeah, because we each got a book. um, I got Ladybug on Ladybug. So he calls everyone Buck. So like Ladybugs and Buckaroos. Um, But this is seven lesbian tales of the Tingleverse. I got bisexual buckaroos, seven bi group encounters in the Tingleverse. And like, it's really crazy because the one that she read was a ketchup bottle and a mustard bottle. Yes. And a, and a person, obviously. Um, but yeah, but- everyone has a profound. So this is the back of the book that I have. Everyone has a preferred pound. And this truth is an important part of what makes us special, important and unique. While some buckaroos enjoy the touch of a male bud, others prefer the embrace of a beautiful woman. This particular collection is for those who want it all and prefer to express this bisexual attraction in a group setting. Bisexual buckaroos. Uh, it's just... And the other thing that was so great about this specific... Oh, so the books, the stories in this this set are bisexually sandwiched by my sentient peanut butter husband and our new living jelly girlfriend. My husband and I find our unicorn and she's a Bigfoot. Also, my husband is a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> we are loving bisexuals and they are living bicycles. She's a sentient shampoo and he's a living conditioner who wants to pound my butt. Oh my god. Bisexual polyhedral role-playing dice orgy. Sentient bisexual ketchup and mustard get me off. That's the one that they read. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, bisexually banged by my living left and right headphones. So you can like see the, the best part though is when he was talking about this is through writing these these kind of insane stories, he discovered that he himself is bisexual. 
And that was something that was really kind of sweet to hear him talk about in yes. his weird stilted voice. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um. Oh, and if anyone's curious, he doesn't always just write erotica. He'll have, uh, what does he call them? Non-pounding tinglers or something. Let me check because he just had one come out because he's written a couple he doesn't like utilizing um the pandemic for his own profits so like he's written a couple that are related and like then donated the money to different organizations um but he wrote one recently a no sex tingler is what he ca- calls them. And the mm-hmm. one he just posted the other day was not pounded by the conspiracy theory that I just shared online because it's not real. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. But yeah. He definitely, he definitely uh, has a certain political leaning as you can tell. Yes, for sure. Uh, and I love so it. I do too. Um, if you don't, I don't know how you've made it to this much of this podcast. Um, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> And I don't know if you want to check out Chuck Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, what the back of my book says. The Tingleverse is a vast place with infinite layers of reality that abide by only by only own st- steadfast rule. Love is real. With all these potential universes, it was only a matter of time before twice Hugo Award-nominated author Dr. Chuck Tingle began telling stories of love between ladybugs and their beautiful Bigfoot, dinosaur, unicorn, and living object partners. Collected here are seven such tales of lesbian love from deep within the Tingleverse, each one guaranteed to give you an erotic tingle down the spine, featuring sentient lesbian jet ski gets me off. My T-Rex barber is a lesbian and she eats me right. A <laughs> a butt in the mist stripped to the core by of my bodice by the duchess tri- tri- triceratops of helena <laughs> my librarian is a beautiful lesbian ice cream cone and she tastes amazing moby butt which i will admit that's the reason i bought this one because the title is just moby butt that's great and eaten right by the mysterious s symbol everyone used to draw and the one if we read anything i'm gonna read from this one because it just seems so fitting because i drink carbonated water all the time lightly flavored zero zero calorie carbonated water gets me off (laughs) that's great (laughs) but okay so what is your opinion on chuck like do you think I know Chuck is a fake name, but do you think mm-hmm. Chuck is one person who is who he says he is? I feel like for how prolific he is, it feels like he couldn't just be one person writing all of this. But the tone is so... See, this is the thing. Writers have such a specific voice and yeah. like style. It's both easier and also less believable that someone would be ghostwriting for them. Because like if there's set rules, a competent writer could probably pick them up and do it right but yeah. like I don't know I haven't I, I read like I started reading through his stories and they just all feel like they're coming from like one person or at least a very unified group yeah um I'm more curious about I I wonder uh who he is like what is his daytime ego like his alter ego well yeah because the thing is like the, the he talks about how he has some sort of high functioning autism 
Mm -hmm. Uh, There's talk about him potentially having schizophrenia. Uh, He has a son, an adult son named John. Like, there's all these, like, really specific things about him. Yeah, he's talking about the town he's from and everything. Yeah, he uh, lives in somewhere in Minnesota. Oh, that was another thing they did on the show. They he made up fake. Uh, well, he didn't make up fake. He took like stories from the town and made them sensationalized, which is pretty funny. Yes, Billings, Montana. Yeah. And unless, he's, then, unless he's lying, I guess he could be lying. I suppose. Right. Uh, he's also a Taekwondo grandmaster. So when we met him, he was wearing his gi. <laughs> Which, you know what, I think we've shared the picture before, but we'll share the, the picture of us with Chuck again this week. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's an article that's on Vox.com uh, from, like, 2016, and when I've read through that, when we initially were going to talk about Chuck, uh, I read through this whole article, and it has, like, three different theories of, like, who he is and, or mm-hmm. who... If it's a collection of people, if it's one person, whatever. And especially after seeing him, I really, I think I'm choosing to believe that Chuck is Chuck. And if maybe he has ghostwriters with him, but like, I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like the guy who did the podcast is also the guy who makes the comments on Twitter and on Facebook and all that. Like, I, I want to believe that he is a person who has had a very interesting life experience. And, yes, I don't know. It just makes me happy to think that Chuck is yeah. Chuck. I prefer that version of reality. Me too. So, yep. Yep. I prefer that version of reality. But, yeah, I don't – it's – it was just so interesting. Also, the fact that he, there is, like, a public persona of him leads me to believe there's one person. Yeah. Only because, like, you know. Well, and for years there wasn't. Like, he right. kept to himself, and then he agreed to be, like, on a podcast, and then I think was on, like, maybe another podcast. Yeah. And then started doing this show where he travels around. Which Mackenzie has, didn't Mackenzie claim she's never seen his face? Yes. That I find hard to believe. That doesn't feel real to me only because... They go places. They they go to eat places. So I can can see, like, that part they're making, like, part of the bit or whatever. Yeah. But I find it hard to believe that she's never seen his face. That would be a hell of a thing. To, To keep secret from like your the person you're traveling with from town to town right exactly and and then exploring towns like they purposely like they they went to Fitz's in St. Louis they went to uh oh gosh I went somewhere on the hill for to eat pasta Mm -hmm. um didn't they go they went to the arch they went up the arch like they did things like I don't think the arch would let someone wearing a burlock sack on his head it doesn't feel real. It's in that national that... park. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but no one knows yep. what he looks like, so if they are out and about, it's not like anyone would notice him. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's 
it's pretty wild. I don't know. I love. I just love all of it. I love every bit of his like persona. I love it all. Like the fact that he doesn't show his face. I think that's awesome. There's just so much of it. I love that he like is always like one of the first people to jump in. Yes. Even like even like if he doesn't have any skin in the game, if something wrong is happening. And then when he gets pulled into things, the way he handles it is just like so much love and care, even if people don't deserve it. Like yes. with the RWA thing, he's pulled into the RWA thing. We talked about that on the other podcast and the other episode. And like he had no business being pulled into it and he still didn't like roast the guy like he could have, you know, like. Yeah. But he has strong uh, opinions and he let them know, but he did it in a very lovely way. Yep. Yep. I mean, only, oh. he only just, yeah, I just. I really care. I just that night was so nice, and like these stories kill me. Also, it's just like really funny, and like some of the sex is like pretty. Like wow, okay. Um, <laughs> considering it's like ketchup bottles and mustard bottles, you know, like yeah. Also, the covers are hilarious because they're like kind of like the backgrounds look like seventies or eighties like exercise tape backgrounds or like video games, and then like it's like. Uh, uh, clip art, not clip art. Uh, why can't I think of the word? Oh no, stock art, like photo, photoshopped pictures of like dinosaurs wearing cowboy hats and yes, Bigfoots wearing cowboy hats. Like, it's just too good. Yeah. Also, I haven't talked to, I haven't recorded anything in a long time, and I've liked a million times. I apologize. I just heard myself do it while I was stuttering. I, I feel like when we do these regularly, I cut my likes down by quite a bit. But as soon as I go on like a hiatus, I'm like, there it is. I can't help myself. can't help <laughs> myself. So like, anyway. I think we all forgive you. It's okay. <laughs> I just, I noticed it. And now I can't not notice it. <laughs> Can I read a little from lightly flavored zero calorie carbonated water gets me off? Yep, do it. Okay. This is my first time reading this. I don't know how it goes, but. I just love the title so much. Okay. Although it's been a long time since my last, last doctor visit, I can't ever remember it taking this long. Sitting here in my hospital gown, gazing at a chart of the human body that's been hung on the wall nearby, I actually start to worry something terribly has been discovered. This was supposed to be nothing more than a routine physical, a quick examination, and then a flu shot to hold me over during the end of the fall. At least that's what I thought. Now, I've got no clue what's going on. The nurses did some tests and seemed alarmed by my results, then decided to do a few more, and then another one, and another. All this happened before the doctor even had a chance to see me, and now more than an hour has passed. I still heard nothing. I go through waves of anxiety just thinking about what could be happening out there, then reassure myself that whatever it is, I've done my part to stay healthy. I eat right, and I exercise five days a week. Damn, that's a lot. Keep an that's active social life and generally pretty happy. What more do they want from me? Suddenly, there's a sharp double knock on the office door. Before I had a chance to say anything, my doctor steps through and nods towards me. She's holding a folder in her hand, gripping me tightly along with a small black container. Joanna, how are you feeling today? My doctor questions. Pretty good, Dr. Scott, I reply. At least I was feeling pretty good. Oh, yeah? She raises her eyebrows. Then I got here, and now I'm scared as hell, I admit. Dr. Scott makes a strange, tight-lipped expression, an awkward half-smile that seems to only serve the purpose of hiding her true emotions. Is something wrong? I continue. 
Dr. Scott lets out a long sigh and opens up the folder, folding out several charts and graphs. She begins to put them on the rail built onto the wall next to her, displaying papers so I can see. Well, there's a lot of good to talk about. Your general health is not too shabby. In fact, it's excellent. It's your blood that I'm worried about. My blood? I stammered, not exactly sure what this means. She nodded. I want to show you something. My doctor pulls a small glass vial out of the black container she's holding. She holds up to the light so I can see a good view. What does that look like to you? The doctor questions. I stare at the vial for a long while, trying to make sense of what I'm seeing. The liquid within is a dark brown and bubbling, fizzing slightly as it sloshes around the glass tube. <laughs> I'm not sure, I admit. Was that inside my body? Dr. Scott nods. I'm afraid so. My doctor untwists the tube's small cap and without a second thought throws back a quick <laughs> swig of the substance. <gasps> oh my god! I what? Gasping as I reel from the unexpected maneuver. Dr. Scott squalls and then nods approvingly. It's pretty good. You want some? She holds the vial out towards me, still half full. Is it safe? I question. Oh, yes, perfectly, my doctor assures me. I hesitate for a moment and then finally decide to take the leap. I trust my doctor after all, and she seems to be doing fine after consuming the mysterious substance. I reach out and take the vial in my hand, giving the liquid one last look before taking a long, satisfying gulp. I take back the rest of the vial, leaving it empty. Immediately, I recognize the taste. That's cola, I blurt. It's still fizzy. That was inside me? <laughs> I like, uh, wait a minute. I like, I like that this feels like a reverse of what usually happens in these stories. Oh, really? That's what it feels like happening. <laughs> Dr. Scott nods. It's running through your veins. In fact, you've got no blood left. You're entirely filled with soda. How is that possible? I stammer. I should be dead. Well, it's certainly not healthy, but so far you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's putting a huge strain on your heart. How much cola would you say you drink per day, Joanna? Per day? I repeat back, deep in thought. Just a can with dinner, probably. Probably, the doctor questions. I think about this a little longer and start at the beginning of my day and then walking through my activities step by step. Well, I get up and I have my morning drink, which is cola too, now that I think about it. Then I take a shower and get ready. I have breakfast, which normally has a cola on the side. Huh. Uh. <laughs> Sounds like we're already up to triple your internal your initial guess, Dr. Scott informs me. Now my mind is racing with all the various times I reach for a soda throughout the day. I'm talking to myself like a madwoman now, calculating all the times I I <laughs> imbibe the sugary beverage. Then you've got the one on the way to work and another one at home. I list continuing on, on my fingers. There's the pre-dinner cola along with the dinner cola. <laughs> Yikes. Let me stop you right there, Dr. Scott finally interjects. Is there any time that you're drinking water? What? Why the hell would I want to do that? I can afford <laughs> soda. <laughs> this is really good dialogue. It's very silly. It's not about what you can afford, Dr. Scott explains. It's about the health of your body. A little bit of cola is fine, but having the stuff course through your veins like this is not natural. There's going to be devastating consequences once the cola starts wearing down your heart valves. Oh my god, where does the other drink come to play? Oh my god, yes, okay, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. Um, okay. Uh, 
Oh my god, there's a fake LaCroix. It's LaCroix. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I step back a bit, then stroll down the aisle, looking closely for any sight of LaCroix. My doctor assured me they would carry the stuff almost anywhere, and I would have sworn I've seen it here before. Eventually, my hut returns me to the empty shelf once again, just perplexed as ever. Fortunately, at this very moment, a store employee strolls by. I call out, grabbing their attention. Hey, is there a section for lightly flavored zero-calorie carbonated water? I question. The employee stops. You're looking at it, he informs me. I I glance back and forth between the man and the empty shelves. This is your LaGroy section? The employee nods. Crazy, huh? We just can't keep the stuff in stock. Everyone's trying to switch over. I'm suddenly struck by a wave of dread, realizing that my health is on the line. Dr. Scott was very insistent I needed to make a change or suffer some dire life-threatening consequences. This is hilarious because literally LaCroix is what made me quit soda. Um, Really? Yeah. I just can't get down with it. It tastes like water that got poured into a glass that had Kool-Aid or something in it previously. (laughs) And the other thing is, uh, when I worked for The Billionaire, he loved carbonated water. And I love, and I can't, I like flat water. And so like, I'd be like the poor person at the table. That's like, I'd like my flat, please. <laughs> so I just like, I only like carbonation with, I, also I only drink Coke or oh. a Dr. Pepper occasionally. And then Frosty's root beer. Those are like the three sodas I drink on purpose. If it's not those three, I don't want it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a huge, I guess I'm not really into soda. I just like one soda. <laughs> Yeah. But continue. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm skipping ahead a little bit more. I feel as though I'm floating down a cool, calm river completely at ease. Something within me has changed, and I already feel it. But the second this realization hits me, and this is the second I realize it's all just a dream. My eyes fly open, and they're directly above and there, directly above, is a strange round shape, its metallic glint blocking out the sun. I start to cough, spluttering wildly as a sh- rush of liquid comes blasting out of my lungs in a burst of, of misty air. What I now recognize as a sentient can of lightly flavored zero-calorie carbonated water back in a- what? This is a weird sentence, whatever. A crowd that gathered around us begins to cheer happily, breathing a collective sigh of relief as I return from my walk in the shadow realm. Applause fills my ear. Weak and weary, I sit up, glance around, noticing now that my fall had attracted quite a crowd. Even more likely is my is it's my resurrection that has garnered so much attention. You took a pretty bad spill there, LaCroix can offers. Are you okay? Do you need to go to the hospital? I just came from the hospital, I inform her. This just made the sentiment beverage even more concerned. You seem really, really dehydrated. It's more than that, but yeah, I admit. Once I gave you a little taste, you started waking up, the can explains. It wasn't much, so you should really think about pounding some water as soon as you can. I nod. Thank you so much. I'm Joanna. Lobo Krills, the beverage offers in return. Nice to meet you. Can I ask where you were headed in such a hurry? I take a deep breath and then let it out, hesitate, hesitating slightly, and then realizing I have no reason to keep this information to my set, uh, information to myself, other than embarrassment. <laughs> I was trying to find the LaGroy delivery woman, I admit. I'm guessing you know her? As Loba and I continue to chat like this, like this, the crowd... 
to chat like this, the crowd around us begins to dissipate, clearing out as they continue with their daily errands. Lobo scoffs, know her, I am her. Oh, I blurt. Do you have any cases left? <laughs> the sentient, lightly flavored, zero-calorie carbonated water winces as I say this, shaking her head. I'm sorry, I just dropped off my last shipment. There won't be another batch until next week, and I'm pretty sure that stuff I dropped off is already gone. I'm sorry. I try my best to keep the feelings of grave disappointment from showing on my expression, but despite my best effort, I'm unable to hide the powerful emotions that surge through me. I'm lucky to be alive right now, but I'm also well aware that I only get so many chances to pull myself together. Hey, listen, Lobo says, leaning forward a bit and tipping herself towards me. At least have some more while I'm here. I'll get you through on the right track. Maybe hold you off for a little while. I graciously accept opening my mouth wide while the sentient beverage pours herself into me. At first, a little too much, the water spilling out across my face as I struggle to lap at it. But we quickly find a balance together. In order to find the correct angle, I end up pulling Lobo close, our bodies now pressed tightly together, at which point a spark of something powerful shoots through me. (laughs) Goodness. Yes, I'm feeling a great sense of relief at this water-based nourishment, but I'm also feeling a breathtaking amount of attraction to this living beverage. Loba is is objectively beautiful, but it's not just her incredibly good looks that draw me in. This lightly flavored zero-calorie carbonated water doesn't need to care about me, doesn't need to spend her afternoon making sure I'm alright, but she seems genuinely happy that to be here. That's all I can offer for now, she informs me. I can't get too empty. Oh my god. That's okay, okay, I reply. Thank you so much. Lime, right? I can barely taste it. Lubba nods. That's kind of the point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Where do do they actually get bangs? Uh, Oh my god. The second the living LaGroix and I enter our apartment, our clothes are coming off, stripping each other down as we give in to the potent arousal that courses through our bodies. Since we've left the restaurant, the tension has only built and built, and now it's finally allowed to release an explosion of passion. Loba and I quickly get to work exploring one another's bodies. (laughs) Our hands enjoying the new topography as we tumble and quake with anticipation the living beverage's attention draws lower and lower across my form until she reaches my waist hesitating there and refusing to go any lower do you want it she questions do you want that lightly flavored goodness yes i moan my eyes tight as i press against the form of her can good she replies quickly having mercy as she slides her fingers (laughs) down my clit Man, who knew? Who knew that a, a lightly flavored beverage could have oh, this God. much this much juice? You know, right? Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, and then she's fingering her, and then and then she's fingering her, and then oh. you feel like you're listing like what you need to do tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like that's just like a taste. Like it's the the best part is like the puns that he works in, and like and I don't like puns, but the way he does it, I just enjoy them. And it's just, so silly, and you and I think that's the point. It's like he's not taking himself too seriously, right? 
Like you, you go into it and you know it's going to be silly. But then exactly. you also are like, oh, but this is also kind of good. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's exactly it. It's Yeah, I, I highly recommend any of our dear listeners checking out a Chuck Tingle. Find yourself a tingler for yourself. Like, find the right, find the right tingler for you. Yeah. At uh, the very least, follow him on Facebook or Twitter because he's just so lovely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because it, it really is just like a bright, it brightens your day. And, like, the things he says about what's going on sometimes are just so funny and, like, so dead on, but also said in the weirdest ways. Yes. So, 100% recommend do it. We are pro Chuck Tingle on this podcast. Yes, for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? I think that's it. I'm glad I'm back and we can get back in action doing these things again. Yes, I agree. Um, if anyone has any topics that they've been hoping that we will cover, please let us know and we can get on that. Um... Yeah, uh, if you would be so swell to go onto whatever podcatcher you use, whether that's Apple or Google or Stitcher or whatever it may be, and leave us a review and rate us, we'd appreciate it. That's the best way for people to learn about our podcast. Um, or another great way is if you do word of mouth or share any of our posts on your own social media. That's always appreciated. Yes. Um, yes, please. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find us a good pickup line. Nice. It's been a while. I know. I felt weird to do a pickup line uh, <laughs> on my own um, dicking around with Liz. Did you do one? I didn't listen to it yet. Oh, no. I don't think I did any. Okay. Um, like, I think I did like two episodes of that, or I can't even remember how many episodes I did. I listened um, to one, but I didn't listen to the other. I think you've done two. Um, if I'm not mistaken. I'm behind on everything, though. Like, the shop has been doing, like, shows. I'm behind watching those. It's like, as soon as I'm like, I'm going to listen to this, I just don't. Or my phone <laughs> dies. Or, like, my phone dies, and I'm like, cool. I'm going to just lay here with a dead phone. That's fine. Yeah. So fun. This is so stupid. I don't think it counts, but this is if you're an Edgar Allan Poe fan, you and me could write a bad poemance. <laughs> man. Man. Wow. A bad Poe man. <laughs> That's so silly. Oh my god. Okay, I'll I'll give you this one. Your name must be Jane because I'm getting lost in your eyes. Come on now. Come on now. That's so silly. Those are good. Classic classic literature ones. For the win. Yes. Well, we're happy to be back, even in our weird, weird uh, distance way. But yeah, it's good to get one done. 
Yeah. To get back on the track. Yes. So. All right. Well, thank until, you for listening. Until next time, I'm Liz. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you, so contact us at lnlsmutcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at lnlsmutcast. Find episodes of this and other great shows at calamitycast.com or wherever you find your podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Dick of the Week. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.